Hello and welcome to a Smashing Theory, the Super Smash Bros. Switch prediction podcast. I'm Daniel. I'm Sean. And <laughs> this is an exciting episode. I'm excited about this episode. I've been wanting to do this episode for a while. Mm-hmm. But before you get in the meat of it, first we got some corrections. Oh shit! I was struggling to uh, name one of Nintendo's old Japan exclusive video games. The game was called Shin Onigashima. Uh, Very Japanese-styled, like, adventure game. Okay. Cool. Thanks for that correct. And finally, I mentioned that there weren't really any other major franchises besides Animal Crossing that were ever represented by a stage and not a character. You know, like, there was some smaller stuff like right. like Electroplankton and stuff. I was wrong-ish. Mm-hmm. Pilot Wings okay. in Smash 4 got a stage, but obviously no character representation. My entire, like, exposure to the Pilot Wings franchise is that I saw Pilot Wings 64, mm-hmm. probably at, like, a Walmart. Like, remember how they used to have those, like, oh, yeah. and you could, like, pick the different... I guess you mm-hmm. can still do that. But, yeah. uh, you know, this is when I was a child. Right. And even at, I don't know, 10 years old or, or whenever that was happening for me, I can remember looking at that game and thinking, wow, this looks shitty, and just, like, <laughs> moving on. So, you know, I'm glad for Pilot Wings fans that that game got a stage, but didn't really uh, have much interest for me. Mm. Yeah, the big TV in the middle of the mall situation was <laughs> my first Star Fox 64 experience, wow, actually. And that was, cool. I had the opposite. Like, I was like, wow, this is like this is the coolest looking game <laughs> I've ever seen in my life. Right. Yeah. It yeah. Was cool. Mm-hmm. Uh, I actually bought Star Fox Assault because it was in a situation like that, and I had the opportunity to play the first level. Hmm. I decided it was good, and I bought it. A negative experience with one of those setups that I had once is when I was a kid, like, you know, my mom would kind of drop me off in the game section and then shop for whatever she needed at, like, Target or Walmart. Yeah. And I would just play the demos the whole time. And at one point, a group of older kids who, like, when I was, you know, I don't know, nine, ten years old, it just seemed to me that anyone who was older than me was, like, 18 and menacing, you know, (laughs) to a certain extent. Yeah, I get Um, that. And so a group of older boys, I don't know how much older than me they actually were, came over and were like, you know, if you play that for too long, they can, like, arrest you. And they were, like, hyping up this idea that I was going to get in trouble for hogging the machine. And so my mom came back and I was, like, crying because I took that really seriously. (laughs) Uh, So whoever you guys are, fuck you if you're listening (laughs) to this podcast. What dicks. (laughs) What awful human (laughs) beings. That's a really shitty thing to do. Like, yeah, uh, like going. Yeah, like going up to a fucking 10 year old is like, oh, (laughs) I want to play the game instead of this small child. (laughs) You know, I'm going to fucking gaslight his ass. What a. Good good corrections. Yeah. Uh, And uh, (laughs) what, what are we talking about today, Daniel? Well. We've got even some more pre-meat before we get into the meat and meat. Oh, shit. This is a Korean barbecue episode <laughs> here. Uh, yeah, we've got some news, which is cool. Like, we're now at the point where Nintendo will give us Smash news, and we're not just speculating into the void. What do we got to talk about? What What's the news? So Nintendo, a little while back, a little while ago, they announced the Smash Bros. Invitational, mm-hmm. right? That they would be showcasing a tournament of the game and inviting a bunch of Smash pros. Right. Today, they announced the lineup. Mm-hmm. So it's eight players. Okay. Which is actually like half the size of the Invitational from 2014. Hmm. 
Those eight players are MK Leo. He's a Smash 4 player from Mexico. Okay. He's a member of Echo Fox, which is cool. Oh, uh, hey. Yeah, we... Sean and I aren't super... Our nose isn't right against the sort of competitive Smash grindstone. <laughs> we uh, uh, We don't follow it quite as closely as some, but Echo Fox is something we recognize pretty well because we follow other fighting game competitive scenes. And Echo Fox has hired some really big names like Justin Wong mm-hmm. uh, for Street Fighter and Sonic, Sonic Fox, Fox. of course. Yes, the, the NetherRealm fighting game's master. If you guys have never watched a tournament of a NetherRealm fighting games like MK9, Injustice, MKX, Injustice 2, I first remember Sonic Fox getting really big for playing Batgirl in Injustice 1. Mm-hmm. He could have been, you know, kind of in the mix before then, I'm not sure. Oh my god, just like watch him play sometime. It's outrageous. I've never seen someone just dominate an entire scene in the way that he does. Yeah. Like he just goes up and you just assume that he's going to win no matter who he's <laughs> playing against. He is the Lance Armstrong of uh, NetherRealm games, hopefully minus the doping and being a huge <laughs> asshole. That really, my dad's a big cycling fan, and he took that really hard. <laughs> that was not good news for him. But, uh, but yeah, um, if uh, if you're looking for an interesting way to get into the Nether Realm scene, definitely check out some Sonic Fox stuff. He's outrageously good at those games. Yeah, he sure is. MK Leo plays Marth and Cloud uh-huh. in Smash before two swordsmen. Yeah, some sword boys. We also got Zero, another four player from Chile. Uh, he won Evo 2015. He's a Diddy Kong player, okay. and he's considered like basically one of the best four players. Okay. Armada uh, is a melee player. He's from Sweden, and he's considered one of the five gods of melee. Wow, that's some like Hong Kong action film shit. You know, yeah, you the five kung fu gods, <laughs> and now we have the five gods of melee. Yeah, there there was this era of competitive melee where the top four of any given tournament had any mix of these five <laughs> guys in it, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, Armada, Hungrybox, PPMD, Mango, and Mewtwo King, right? Okay. They were, those are the five gods of Melee. And they are pretty prolific. Like, I, like even me, who has more of a cursory knowledge of Smash competitive, mm-hmm. I, I recognize all those names. Right, and I, at the very least, recognize Hungrybox and Mewtwo King and Mango. Right. Mango is because of a meme, but the other guys, it's because yeah. I've just heard of them. <laughs> PPMD's in the same meme. Remember? Oh, yeah. Yeah, it's like, does he say anything else? PPMD! That's right. Fox ha- McCloud. I just haven't watched that as obsessively as you, so. I've watched it like part. four times as an obsessive. <laughs> That's three more times than I've watched it. <laughs> you didn't watch it a second time? No. Shame on you. I know. Anyway, Armada plays Peach and Fox. That's a cool... Well, the Peach part is cool. Yeah. <laughs> we'll yeah. He mains, he mains Peach. He has a pocket fox. I see. We got Abadango, a uh, four-player from Japan. He's made top eight at several Evos in the okay. past few years. Uh, like, you know, Evo 2017, Evo Japan, top eight for, for all that. He's a Bayonetta player and a Mewtwo player. Ooh. And he's considered one of the best Smash 4 Mewtwo's out there. It's kind of funny that we have Mango and Abadango. Like, if you put those together, it sounds like the name of a Dr. Seuss character. Uh, Plup, he's a melee player from Florida, oh. which is where Sean and I 
lived most of our lives. Yeah, we we grew up there, even if we were not uh, born there. Yeah, neither of us were. Yeah. He was the champion at Genesis 5 recently. He's a chic player with a pocket fox. And uh, I think he plays Rivals of Ether, actually. That's good. Either he plays Rivals of Ether, or Dan Fornacci really loves Plup and <laughs> wants him to play Rivals of Ether. So just, like, name drops him all the time. Yeah, exactly. Like, yeah. oh, I bet Plup would really enjoy this game. That's, that's not what Dan Fornacci sounds like. <laughs> I, I think there was one point where he was like, hey, Plup, you win a Rivals tournament, I will name a character after you. Wow. Um, Plup would be a good name for a cute little fuzzy character, like a penguin. Or, well, there's right? A, is there already a penguin? There's not that? a penguin yet, Oh, no. my gosh, Plup the penguin. Get him in there. <laughs> what are you doing, Dan Fornacci? Anyway, I guess he didn't win that tournament because no penguin yeah. named Plup. Well, what are you going to do? Mr. R is a four-player from the Netherlands. I got a lot of family in the Netherlands, so that's cool. He got second place at Evo 2015, and he's generally just a pretty good, pretty prolific four-player. He plays Sheik and Cloud. Okay. Uh, we got Lucky, a melee player from California. He did top five at Evo 17 nice. and Genesis 5. He is a Fox player. Okay. And Mango, one of the other five gods of Melee, yes. makes his Smash Bros. Invitational debut. Wow. I can't believe they didn't rep the Mango Nation last time. <laughs> he is a Falco player who used to be a Fox player, and I think he's sort of dedicated himself to Falco lately. Okay. You know, there's there's a little more character variety than I was expecting in uh, in this group of people. Although, right? <laughs> although it's funny, every melee player has a pocket fox. Well, I mean that's understandable. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not, I'm not going to say that I like it, but I get it. Yeah, it's almost like the balance in that game is a joke. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, there's like four guys known for Smash Four, four guys known for melee. And there's a lot of people who like Fox in this group. Uh, one thing that's worth noting is at the last Invitational, everyone was locked into a different character. Ah. And I think every, the new there were six new characters playable in mm -hmm. the Invitational build last time. Okay. Little Mac, Rosalina, mm -hmm. Villager, mm -hmm. Mega Man, mm -hmm. Greninja, and Wii Fit Trainer. Ah, gotcha. Yeah, each of those new characters had someone playing them. That's cool. So I, I think this invitation will be about the same. Okay. I think I think we're whatever new characters are revealed before the Invitational, I think we're guaranteed to see people playing them. Cool. I think Nintendo's basically going to make some people play those characters. <laughs> well, they say the variety is the spice of life, especially when that variety is actually just Nintendo mandating that you play Little Mac. <laughs> really, that, that wasn't a, a bad... Right, that wasn't a problem then. Yeah. It would just be a problem later once everyone realized that Little Mac cannot jump. <laughs> Hardly. But yeah, these these guys will be playing Smash 5 for the first time at the event. I'm sure they'll get a little practice time day of. I would hope so. Yeah, but it's not like they have early copies to play at home or whatever. Right. And other invited guests that aren't specified right now will be playing like exhibition matches in between. Okay. Uh, hoping that Asa Butterfield shows up again. <laughs> That'd be cool. He was at, at like the Nintendo Championships tournament last year, and he did really good, actually. Yeah, yeah, for, that was, for that a was bit. really cool. Yeah, uh, Asa Butterfield, he played Hugo in the really good indie movie Hugo. He was also Ender in Ender's Game. Nice. But yeah, I, I think that's cool because like that amount of information, the fact that it's 
it's eight players, right? This will be a shorter invitational. They obviously haven't like really said much about the game itself yet. Sure. But it sort of gives me a vibe as to how much we can expect to get revealed. Okay. So like we just mentioned, the last invitational we had sixteen players and six new characters to see in the game. Right. right? From a from a pool of twenty characters in that demo. I feel like the invitational will have bare minimum three new characters. Mm-hmm. But I want to say at least four. I want to say at least four of the new characters at the Invitational okay. will be brand new. One of them will be Inkling, obviously. Right. But I feel like in the Nintendo E3 showcase that we're getting before that tournament, three Smash reveals uh, would not be a crazy thought. I'm down for that. I'm excited to find out who they are. I'm also excited to find out how the Inkling is going to play. Yeah. And I, I think that'll be really neat. I think we'll get some of that, and I think we'll get to see the Inkling do their thing at the Invitational. That'll be really awesome. Woo me. <laughs> it took me half a second to realize you were saying that weird meme phrase and that you weren't asking me to, to woo, woo you. <laughs> yeah. Well, really, I'm I'm doing both whenever I say that, so now <laughs> you'll know that for the future. Yes, exactly. Yeah, that's great. We will be doing a E3 speculation episode right before E3, so we'll be able to go into more detail then. But, you know, I, I'm i glad that we, we got a little invitational tease beforehand, and I'm sure we'll get some some more in the weeks leading up to it. Like they haven't told us who the hosts are yet. Right. I'm sure they'll they'll want to tell us the special guests at a later period of time. You know, obviously, I would really love to hear stuff about the game itself, but this is still exciting. I'm still into it. No, I agree. Um, you know, I'm I'm always a fan of watching a competitive fighting match go on. So, yeah, uh, getting to watch several of them in a row with characters that we've never seen before is even better. Yeah, it's the icing on the smash cake. And the last Invitational had items enabled. So we'll probably also get a chance Ooh, to see new items and good. and final smashes for the new characters and stuff like that. Nintendo should just run all of the Smash tournaments <laughs> and just use their own rules. They should just Capcom Pro Tour that shit. But with that out of the way, mm-hmm. we can talk about this episode. Do tell. So here on A Smashing Theory, we like to predict what the roster of the next Smash Bros. game is going to be like. Mm-hmm. We go franchise by franchise. Mm-hmm. This episode is Retro Revivals. Yes. We are going to be talking about characters from dormant franchises and games in Nintendo history that haven't seen the light of day in a long time. That Sakurai has a tendency to grab from these forgotten pages of Nintendo and revitalize and mm-hmm. like give, give a new life sometimes. This episode I was really excited about because it's one of the facets of Smash roster editions that I'm most interested in. I agree. Um, Although I do have to say, uh, this is kind of an episode where I'm not going to have as much to contribute as I have during previous episodes, because a lot of these games and a lot of the kind of characters we're going to be discussing, they kind of came from a Nintendo era that I wasn't super involved in. Mm. Like I never owned an NES I haven't really gone back and played a lot of NES games. Right. Uh, so even though I'm always excited when they bring back one of these wacky characters that no one's even thought about in 20 years. Yeah. Um, you know, it was hard for me to even do research for this episode because it was just kind of like, where do I start? I don't know any of this <laughs> shit. 
Um, I'm so I'm still excited to dive in, but it'll yeah. be a lot of me going and who is that? Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, that's fine. Like, obviously, this this is my wheelhouse. Like, I love looking at companies and finding their deep cuts. Yes. You know, so this this is where I live. Deep cuts has become kind of your catchphrase. <laughs> So let's get started. Let's go with, uh, let's start with veteran characters. Okay. The first veteran that started it all, the Ice Climbers. I love the Ice Climbers. <laughs> In particular, I love how when you choose the Ice Climbers, the announcer goes, Ice Climbers! As though he just couldn't be happier <laughs> that this character, you know, these characters out of like any other characters are uh-huh. being featured in this round of Smash. I also just enjoyed playing them among my group of friends mm-hmm. kind of while they were all playing Fox and Falco <laughs> um, because I was sort of the only person who really understood how to manipulate both of them right. in that particular group. And uh, I think that they're very fun to play. Yeah, I love the Ice Climbers. They're really neat. And of course, I <laughs> there's this video, right? There's this off-camera footage of the opening for smash bros melee being shown at an e3 mm-hmm. right and everyone getting to see this opening for the first time and that's how a lot of these characters were revealed right <laughs> one of the funniest things about it is everyone like flips their shit when samus like turns around and shoots at ridley because they all thought that meant that ridley was playable oh, okay Ridley was not playable no and another hilarious thing that happened was like the ice climbers like show up like you know like Popo like grabs Nana by the hand on this mountain and, everyone, and there's just this they're like oh what? who uh? <laughs> like who's the fuck is that and really I that's that's the sentiment I love seeing from a Smash reveal mm-hmm. you know it's always a great business decision to really confuse your fan base <laughs> and hey it worked for Hideo Kojima. Yeah, and this, you know, this was back in the day when, like, I wasn't even like doing like research into like these hidden Nintendo gems. So you I almost said deep cut, didn't you? I, you no, no. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so the Ash Climber surprised me. I had no idea who they were before right. Smash Melee. Nah, yeah, me neither. I mean, obviously, I already explained how I don't have a background in this in the subject of this episode. Right. But yeah, just FYI. But yeah, Ice Climbers are really cool. They came back for Brawl. And they didn't come back for four for a really interesting reason. Uh, Sakurai designed and developed them, but he was making Smash 3DS and Smash Wii U at the same time. Mm -hmm. The Ice Climbers were too technically demanding for Smash 4. The way there were two characters at once with like sort of the AI partner was too much. If you, (laughs) you know, if you had a match where everyone played Ice Climbers, that was too (laughs) much for the 3DS to handle. I see. That's really interesting to me because, of course, Smash 4, uh, both the 3DS and the Wii U, was also the debut of Rosalina and Luma. Right. Who, who I think to the layman seems like a more complicated character than Ice Climbers, right? Like it's right. two characters and you're controlling them each individually. Yeah, but you are controlling them each individually and that's less demanding than AI is. Right, right. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it doesn't make sense. I'm just saying that initially it seems like it doesn't make sense. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I see. Yep. But yeah, this is this is also why transformation characters were just removed mm-hmm. and turned into individual characters, because the 3DS couldn't handle it. 
I think that I like that change anyway. Me too. Know? Yeah. Like, like, not even. Yeah. Yeah. Like discounting the technical limitations of the 3DS, I absolutely love the idea of the transformation characters getting split. Yeah. No, that was a change for the better. I think because you would just like you know you would just pick Zelda and play as Sheik. I mean, I wouldn't. Right. Um, because I always enjoyed playing as Zelda as well. But you know the the sort of tryhards, the really hardcore element of the Smash fan base would just favor one over the other, and you never see the other one. Yeah. Yeah, I, I agree completely with that. So I, I think, especially because they just felt like two different characters stuffed into one character. Right. It was great to see them separated and really double down on their own playstyles. I was agree. Great. I miss the Ice Climbers. Me too. Uh, and I think that they are guaranteed to come back for five. Now, whether they'll be there at launch, I don't know. I can see them being post-launch DLC. Okay. Especially the sort of situation where when Smash 4 came out, they were like, and two months after the game releases, we're going to give you Mewtwo as a DLC character. Right. I can see them doing that with the Ice Climbers. It's like, hey, the Ice <laughs> Climbers are back. December 2018, you know. Because it's nice and frosty in December. Yes, that's that. That's, that's what I was going for. That's the reason why. Yep. But I, whether it's at launch or after launch, they're guaranteed to come back. Cool. I, I agree, and I will love to have them back. The next veteran showed up in Brawl, and this will be kind of a briefer conversation because we've already talked about this character a lot, but when he was introduced, it was as this sort of retro revival character, and mm -hmm. that was Pit. I really like what Sakurai did with Pit, which was not only bring back this character from mm -hmm. this game, we from this franchise we hadn't seen a new game in right. in like 10 years, he not only brought Pit back, but he redesigned him. He gave him a new look. Uh, something that looked more contemporary and something that could be in a modern day game. No, that was a very successful redesign for Pit, I think. He was a oh, cool yeah. character. Yeah, he uh, looks visually. Yeah, he looked great and he was really cool. Not too long after Brawl came out. Well, like like maybe like five years after Brawl came out actually. Mm -hmm. It just doesn't feel that long because we're old now and we've lived <laughs> many years. Yeah. yeah, they're all blending together, Daniel. <laughs> anyway, oh, I remember after <laughs> fifty years ago when Smash One came out. Anyway, after I was a wee lad. <laughs> after Brawl came out, yes. we got Kid Icarus Uprising, yes. which used that redesign. And uh, wouldn't you know it, Smash Four comes around, and Kid Icarus is its own bona fide franchise that we can't really put in this episode anymore. <laughs> Uh, really interesting how that happened, but I think really, really cool. Me too. So even though we won't really be talking about Kid Icarus anymore after this, I think this is a really interesting data point and one that I will be putting into consideration as we talk about new candidates. Nice. And the next one, one thing I forgot to mention is that for Retro Revivals, we are focusing on characters that are being brought back from Nintendo games, right? right? right. There's sort of another c category of deep cut character that Sakurai likes to do, and those are the WTF characters, the characters based mm -hmm. off of peripherals and systems like Mr. Game & Watch and Rob. Rob. Yeah, okay. Yeah, those guys are going to be in their own episode later. Okay. But this veteran sort of toes the line between Retro <laughs> Revival and WTF peripheral character, and that's Duck Hunt. Yes. Duck Hunt, <laughs> <laughs> who I know is a really great character, and I really love his design, and I think his gameplay is really cool, and Daniel kicked my ass with him so many times <laughs> that uh, I hate him and I want him to die, but I still think he's cool. I'm so glad that he is in Smash 4. 
one of the reasons I am is because I predicted that Duck Hunt would be in Smash 4 back when I was participating in that Smash 4 prediction contest. Right. And I was one of like 5% of the pool <laughs> that predicted him correctly. He's great. His implementation is great. You know, it's it's the dog and the duck together. On top of that, they use a bunch of attacks that involve a invisible human <laughs> shooting the screen with the NES Zapper. Which is really cool. Yeah, so really you get like a character based off of a game, but you also get a character based off of the NES Zapper peripheral all in one. And he's sort of actually like a compilation of all these NES Zapper games, right? Duck Hunt Dog can summon a wild gunman. That's one of my favorite attacks of his, actually. I think that's really neat. It's so cool, yeah. And I think the can that he kicks is from Hogan's Alley or something. Okay. He's a peripheral character in disguise, but I think there's so much focus on the dog and the duck and their design Mm -hmm. and them fighting in tandem that I included them in this episode anyway, especially because we'd be talking about very few veterans if I didn't. Fair enough. I hope Duck Hunt comes back. Me too. I think Duck Hunt will come back. I also think that. Because I think when you have characters that crazy and iconic, like Sakurai wants them to come back and he will do whatever is in his power to get them to do that. Nice. Those are our veteran uh, retro characters. As you can see, they we sort of get one per game, and Smash Bros. 64 didn't get one. Right. So let's talk about assist trophies that are from sort of these retro properties. Uh, the first we got is the Devil from Devil World. He showed up in Smash Bros. Brawl. He's this big blue devil wearing, you know, these these red briefs, basically. Uh, he, like, points at the screen. He, like, mm-hmm. points to the left, and then the orientation of the screen moves, like the camera moves, uh, so that you can't see, like, part of the stage you're finding on anymore, basically. Right. And he does that a couple times to sort of disorient you. And then he leaves. He's fine. Yeah, he's fine. I don't really... Obviously, promotion to playable character is not in his future. <laughs> is that a mechanic from the game he's in? Whatever game he's in? Yes. Okay. Yeah. He moves the screen around. Gotcha. Yeah. And up next, in Smash 4, we got the Sable Prince, who is from a Japan-only game. Mm-hmm. Roughly translated to English, For the Frog the Bell Tolls, <laughs> which is... A game made by the Link's Awakening team in in that engine before Link's Awakening came out. This was sort of a precursor to uh, Zelda Link's Awakening for the Game Boy. You love this game, don't you? I <laughs> I've seen a good a good amount of it, and it's a cute game, but it's obviously like very old. It's right. Uh, I think Link's Awakening is aged remarkably well. I would not say that about For the Frog the Bell Tolls. Okay. Although the Sable Prince is a fun character, he's He's sort of this spoiled brat who gets cursed and he turns into a frog, basically. And I think he turns into multiple animals, actually, like a snake and stuff. Okay. And he has to, like, deal with that over the course of his adventure. So it's kind of like Proto the Emperor's New Groove. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. In his assist trophy, he turns, like, into an animal. And then he runs at an opponent. And then you see, like, the the cartoon, like, dust cloud, (laughs) you know, that indicates that someone's fighting. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and... The person in the dust cloud takes damage. Nice. Cute assist trophy. Don't see him coming back as playable. No. Yeah, like, he's he's just, like, that level of obscure, I think. And then another veteran assist trophy is Sheriff. Howdy. 
Sheriff does not say howdy in the Smash Bros. game. Boy, howdy. He does not do that either. I'm going to shoot you. <laughs> no <laughs> <Sorry>. voice. <laughs> just, just, just talk about what he does before I, I can't stop myself. <laughs> He's uh, Sheriff is this really, really old Nintendo arcade game. You're like an 8-bit sheriff. Mm-hmm. You're sort of surrounded from all sides by like things okay. that sort of advance towards the sheriff and, and you shoot at them. I see. Uh, this game has actually been replicated in some WarioWare games. Hmm. Uh, I think there is one WarioWare game where we get to just play Sheriff as like a full game. That's cool. Actually, it's more like 4-bit. It's more like just a, like Atari graphics, actually. Okay. And he shows up in this graphical state <laughs> in the Smash Bros. Assist Trophy, where he sort of moves around and, and shoots things for a bit before disappearing. Okay. Think he's going to get promoted to a playable character? You know, I think it'd be really funny if he did, actually, <laughs> where he just got, like, an update, you know, and they And just... he actually said, boy, howdy, I'm going to shoot you. Maybe he doesn't need a Wee-hoo! voice. <laughs> I'm the sheriff. Hey, Nintendo, if you're listening and you're putting the sheriff in the game, I'm just telling you my rates are reasonable. <laughs> I feel Call like, me. I feel like they've already hired voice actors at this point. Absolutely not. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, the short answer is no, I don't think Sheriff will be promoted to playable. All right. Let's talk about potential playable promotions, though. Okay. Let's talk about them. Takamaru. Ooh, I like the name. Was added as an assist trophy to Smash 4. He's from a Japan-only game called the Mysterious Murasame Castle. Okay. And this was basically... A Zelda-esque game where you are the samurai character named Takamaru. Mm-hmm. You got, like, the, the blue hair. You're going to Murasame Castle to fight this evil lord, basically. Okay. Sakurai confirmed in an interview that Takamaru was almost added to Smash 4. Ooh, that's always a good sign. He decided against it because he felt that Takamaru wasn't known enough in the West. Okay. Which I think is kind of a simple way to put it because that hasn't stopped him before (laughs) that's true i mean really i don't have evidence to back this up but i'm sure that marth and roy's inclusion in melee was one of the big factors for finally localizing fire emblem in the states that is correct yes that is correct so when he says that about takamaru i feel like that's maybe only part of the story maybe that was a factor Mm -hmm. but i think it was also that duck hunt dog worked well enough as a retro rep right he didn't need to add another blue-haired swordsman after he put all the Fire Emblem characters in. <laughs> Fair. He probably felt that his moveset didn't add enough new to the game, maybe. Mm-hmm. But he definitely did conceptualize Takamaru's entire moveset, because when Takamaru shows up as an assist trophy, he has, like, five different moves that he just <laughs> shoots out there. Like, he he has a bunch of different items that he throws out, like, he has these shurikens... Uh, he really has a whole, like, this is a complex assist trophy with a whole, like, mm-hmm. a whole repertoire of stuff. So he clearly thought through what Takamaru would be like if he was playable. I think he's got a shot. He's got a shot at being promoted this time. Okay. Are like, you making this an official prediction? You know, before I commit to that, let's talk about new characters. Okay. This is a list of new potential new characters that is larger than usual. Right. Uh, because, you know, it covers a variety of franchises. Yeah, you got a lot to draw from. Yeah. Now, some of these, I think, have some likelihood to them. Some I don't. Okay. Um, but I still want to talk about them for various reasons. First, 
We got Bubbles from Clue Clue Land. (laughs) (laughs) Now that, as you would say, is a deep cut. It's not that deep, because uh, Clue Clue Land is this NES game uh, where you are a little red ball with, like, arms and legs named Bubbles going around the screen, like, grabbing onto poles and using them to sort of uh, influence your movement. Very simple little game. Mm Mm-hmm. Back when Melee came out, Sakurai said that Bubbles was one of the characters he was considering to add instead of Ice Climbers. Okay. But he couldn't really figure out Bubbles' moveset. That's fair. So he didn't include her. He didn't include Bubbles. I I feel like a lot of Smash fans know who Bubbles is and know about Bubbles. I see. Because Bubbles was considered for Smash at one point. I think Bubbles remains a character that doesn't really have that moveset potential. Mm-hmm. Uh... Having said that, though, Sakurai's now had a long time to think about a potential move set. Yeah, and Bubbles does have, like, a cute little design. Mm-hmm. I could see him coming up with something largely original, just to have an excuse to have, like, this cute little red ball with arms and legs just run around. <laughs> but ultimately, I think Bubbles will not be in. Okay. We also got Tamagon. So we know about the devil from Devil World. Right. Tamagon was the actual protagonist from Devil World. I see. Dealing with the devil's screen-shaken shenanigans. Yes. And Tamagon was this adorable-looking green dinosaur that actually, now that I think about it, looks a lot like the Bubble Bobble dinosaur. Oh, hey! And maybe that's maybe that's a ding <laughs> against its against Tamagon's potential inclusion. But you know, uh, Tamagon could breathe fire in that game. Okay. You no, know, sort of walked around a maze. It just has a cute design, and I think it's worth looking at because. There's just been a lot of weird Devil World references in mm-hmm. Smash, so I think maybe Sakurai has like a soft spot for Devil World and could call back to Devil World in this way. Okay. But ultimately, I don't think that's likely. What they really ought to do is talk to Taito or whoever owns Bubble Bobble and just stick that guy in there. Have him shoot some bubbles. That'd be very cute. Yes. I like that franchise. Me too. Got a catchy theme. Yeah. Actually, I think that was a Puzzle Bobble theme you just, like, pumped out there. I confuse those games all the time because they're the same. (laughs) I mean, mean, they're not really the same, but, you know. They have the same characters. Yes. Yeah. And their names are very similar. Yeah, Puzzle Bobble's so good. I love Puzzle Bobble. Like, if they released a new Bomberman franchise that was called Bummerman that was kind of similar and also starred Bomberman, I'd probably get those confused, too. <laughs> just the way that I am. I'm just a confusing man. Anyway, who do you want to talk about next? So, here's a character that I see requested a lot, mm-hmm. largely by Smash fans in the United States, mm-hmm. and that's Mike Jones from Star Tropics. Before I came up in the game, nobody showed me love. They see me in the club and used to treat me like a scrub. Is that a rapper named Mike Jones? Yeah, that is the rapper named Mike Jones. He released a song called Mike Jones. Oh. Um, that's not what that song was. That song is, uh, back then they didn't want me. Now I'm hot, they all on me. A so Mike classic, Jones. <laughs> a classic of club hip-hop of the early aughts. So the game Star Tropics yep. was actually released only in the United States uh, for the NES back in the day. Right. Mike Jones was the protagonist. He had a yo-yo, mm-hmm. and the gameplay was very Zelda-esque. You know, it's funny. I'm actually I'm the most familiar with Star Tropics out of everything we're going to talk about today. 
um, because my brother played it for a little while and oh, really nice. into it. And the game that I think of when I think of Star Tropics is I think of the jumping puzzles in Golden Sun, yeah. where you're like hopping along logs and stuff. Like yeah, that yeah, feels yeah. very derivative to me. Okay, yeah, yeah, that makes sense. There are a lot of jumping puzzles in Star Tropics. Mm -hmm. Yeah, you know, I, I see people saying that like, oh, Mike Jones could be like the bone that Sakurai throws to the West, right. you know. But I think there's a lot more candidates for that, especially this time around. I'd say King K. Rool is more likely than Mike Jones. Wow. Okay. Again, I'm not predicting King K. Rool. Right, right. I, we, we get you. Yeah, but I'm predicting Mike Jones even less. Okay. Yeah. I guess you could say that they wouldn't holla because his dollars weren't swollen enough. I bet they changed their mind when the Mady Fours come rolling up. Next character. <laughs> yeah, <what is> <laughs> uh, here's where we start talking about characters that I think are a bit more likely bubbles through Mike Jones, bubbles, Tamagon and Mike Jones. Mm -hmm. I really don't think he'll show up at all. Okay. Here's a character that I, I will not predict, uh -huh. but I think would be great because of what a deep cut it is. Okay. And that is one of the cars from stunt race FX, <laughs> uh, specifically either F type or coupe. <laughs> you just you said that and i'm sure this isn't what you have in mind but i just immediately pictured like a retro looking car but it's done in the style of the film cars by disney and pixar <laughs> so it's got like the big eyes on the windshield and everything just rolling over people sean have you ever seen stunt race fx no i i mean maybe but i don't remember it if i have stunt race fx consists of a bunch of anthropomorphized cars with eyes on the windshields oh my god pixar fucking stole their idea <laughs> we have to sue pixar on behalf of nintendo f-type is sort of an f1 basically like right. yeah like a like a racing car right like a formula one yeah it's yes yeah f-type is modeled after a formula one car and coupe is more like of a regular like yellow car Mm -hmm. uh, F-Type's a boy and Coop's a girl <laughs> <laughs> A lot of people, some serious, some kidding Have said that the Rocket League car Should be playable uh, <laughs> In Smash 5 I think it'd be hilarious if Rocket League car was not playable But a first <laughs> But a fucking <laughs> Nintendo car Because the cars in Sun Race FX actually have character and personality, right? Mm -hmm. And you could come up with a moveset for one of those cars. Sure. Yeah, I think uh, so. They could do turbos and wheelies and stuff. Mm -hmm. uh, I I think there's actually a lot of potential for a Stunt Race FX moveset. And no one would see it coming. That's true. I haven't seen anyone talk about this as a possibility. I would like Coop more, but I feel like F-Type has a bit more like spunk and energy and pizzazz. I guess female representation matters a little bit less when it's a car. Yeah, that too, yeah. <laughs> yeah, so not officially predicting them, but right. wouldn't it be wild if, if that was the retro rep? That would be wild. Female representation is important, by the way. We've we've mentioned that several times on the podcast. <laughs> yeah. I just want to make it clear that uh, that is something I believe wholeheartedly. Yes, same. I think I fucking bring that up almost every episode, actually. Yes. But with good reason. Yes. So let's move in to the three characters that I think have a genuine shot alongside Takamaru. Danny T's top three. Number three. Muddy Mole from Mole Mania. That is a little anticlimactic, but go on. <laughs> so Muddy Mole is from the Game Boy game, Mole Mania. Mm -hmm. And 
there's one big thing that I think makes Muddy Mole notable, and that is Mole Mania was made by Shigeru Miyamoto. Ah. And really, it's one of the only Shigeru Miyamoto franchises that has like been made by Shigeru Miyamoto and then just stayed where it was. Oh, yeah. You know, like, uh-huh. Miyamoto makes Mario, he makes Zelda. Right. And... And all the stuff that Miyamoto makes gets sequels and takes off and stuff. Even the really weird shit, like, hey, Pikmin, and everyone's just like, whoa, whoa, and then there's three games. Yeah, right? <laughs> and <laughs> and meanwhile, Molemania just got Molemania, and I thought it was a really neat game when it came out for the Game Boy. It's this cool little, like, puzzle platformer, almost, mm-hmm. um, where you're Muddy Mole, and... You sort of you operate on like two fields, right? You're you do stuff above ground, like throw balls around at enemies and and navigate these mazes. And sometimes you'll get stuck and you'll burrow under the ground right. and be able to do new stuff underneath. And I was actually shocked that this never got a DS or 3DS game. That. Where would the, be perfect. Yeah, yeah. Where, where, like, Muddy Mold, like, does regular adventure stuff on the top screen, and then he digs down, and you do, like, underground navigation on the bottom screen. Do you think that if that had actually, in, like, the alternate universe where that happened, that Shigeru Miyamoto would have made you use the touchscreen to control Muddy Mole whenever he went underground? I would hope that Shigeru Miyamoto would just be, like, a supervisor credit <laughs> <laughs> on that one. And I don't think so because well, it depends on when. I was actually. gonna say yeah. If it was like a really, if it was like a launch title, then absolutely. Yeah, loot-like. yeah. If it was a launch title, then yes, a hundred percent. But like, if it came out in like you know two thousand and nine for the DS, then no, because at that point the DS didn't have anything to prove anymore. The reason he shoehorned those awkward ass controls onto Star Fox Zero for the Wii U is because he was trying to prove that Wii U gamepad was necessary to play games that were fun. And, and instead, he... it just reminded us all how much we hate controlling games with the Wii U game. <laughs> yeah, no, he he failed to prove that to us. I think the gamepad's actually cool and a great piece of technology and has some great stuff going on. No, me too. I think when I got Hyrule Warriors and we did co-op multiplayer, uh, mm-hmm. you and I, and you were playing it on the TV and I was playing it on the gamepad, I thought that was fucking revolutionary. Yeah, that was really cool. I also just loved how you could kind of swap, like, you know, if I wanted to, like, lay on the couch and play Xenoblade uh, Chronicles X on the gamepad instead yeah. of the TV, I could do that, and that was neat. This kind of, like, pseudo-portability that it had going on. Yeah. That, to me, was the standout feature. And really, they took the best parts of that, and they put it on the Switch, and now the <laughs> right. now the Wii U is already rotting as a corpse the wii u was a was a nice little wonky prototype yeah uh a little zombie that got resurrected as the switch yeah i i did love my wii u but i do understand the situation it ended up in Mm -hmm. anyway muddy mole (laughs) i think yeah i think muddy mole will could be really cool and i think he's got potential okay the one thing against him is that if he shows up as this retro rap, people are going to see this mole with sunglasses <laughs> and go, why did they make an enemy from Mario World a playable <laughs> character? Uh-huh. 
I also think that there could be a little bit of moveset overlap with the Inklings. Like if the Inklings are swimming through the ink, oh, then Moneyball yeah. can burrow in the ground. Yeah. You know? yeah I, I think they could work around that. No, but I, I think you're right. I think Smash 5 might be the wrong time for Muddy Mole to make his debut. <laughs> Which is a hilarious sentence removed <laughs> from context. Just like really seriously talking about Muddy Mole. Out of the characters I think are likely, I think Muddy Mole is the least likely. Okay. But mm. he, he does have a shot. Okay. Number two. Right, well, <laughs> it's funny that you're making this a countdown, but my last character I'm not necessarily going to call the most likely. That's okay. We're just doing this. Number two. Mac Ryder. Oh, shit. Now this is an epic name. <laughs> From Mac Ryder. Wow. We mentioned Sakurai was thinking about putting bubbles from Clue Clue Land in Smash Melee. He was also considering putting Mac Ryder in that game instead of Ice Climbers. And <laughs> When Sakurai gave his reasons, he, there were very silly, like, tongue-in-cheek reasons, but mm -hmm. he was like, uh, here's characters that I cut from Smash Melee. <laughs> Bubbles just spins round and round. <laughs> Mac Ryder could never get off the bike. <laughs> you know, like... <laughs> right. But I think Mac Ryder actually has a deceptive amount of moveset potential. Okay. First of all, let's jump back to the pit discussion and the potential for cool redesigns. Okay. Right? Muddy Mole, I don't know how you contemporize that design. Uh, Just make it a hyper-realistic, horrifying <laughs> mole. <laughs> Mac Ryder, on the other hand, I think someone in, like, you know, someone in a futuristic biker outfit, that is something that could still look cool in 2018. I agree. You know, that's something you could update and make look awesome. I'm always down for the pseudo-tron aesthetic, you know? yeah. I think Sakurai could, like, add some new conceits to the character, kind of how he gave Pit the bow that splits into blades. Mm -hmm. That was not a thing in Kid Icarus, That's but true. he did it for Pit. <laughs> so I, I think Mac Ryder could have a thing where the suit is high-tech and has some tricks of its own. Nice. Uh, but then one of the B-moves is Mac Ryder calls out the bike and it changes his move setup. Ah. And, uh, and he can do, like, bike combos and shit. Oh, that's neat. Yeah. See, the first thing... <laughs> The first thing I thought of when you said that was like, all right, he's on the bike, and then you push your down B, and then the bike turns into a machine gun. <laughs> <laughs> so I like your idea better. I'm glad you had an actual idea that yeah. worked in real life. Yeah, thanks, Sean. Yep. Yeah, I think Mac Ryder's got a lot of potential. As we'll discuss a bit later, Mac Ryder's got some ball and music. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's something you could turn into a whole franchise, but... I don't think that's necessarily a requirement for a retro revival character. Okay. We're not seeing any new Duck Hunt games. That's you know? true. I mean, I wouldn't say no to new Duck Hunt games. Uh, but they still did sort of update uh, the Duck Hunt dog's look right. in a way that he made sense existing in 2014, but still had sort of that classic style. Right. And I could see Mac Ryder doing that. Cool. I'm down for that. Yeah. And I could sort of see Sakurai being like, okay, I'm done with Smash for now. I'm going to make a Mac Rider game that's like this action racing game, you know? <laughs> I would absolutely play, you know, a Mac Rider game designed by Sakurai. Yeah. So I'm a big Kirby's Air Ride fan, and so I trust Sakurai's racing design chops. Yeah. You could even do sort of the on-rail shooter thing that he did with Kid Icarus and sort of put elements of that back in Mac Rider. Oh, that'd be cool. Yeah. This Mac Rider game that he's never going to make. <laughs> yeah, I think Mac Rider's got a real shot. God, I, I think Mac Rider would be a great fit and has a real 
solid chance of being the retrovival character. And you can just hear the announcer going, Mac Ryder, you know? <laughs> yeah. And yeah. It's got a good, uh, it's got a good ring to it. It does, doesn't it? Number one. So last new character that I want to talk about is Skapon. All right. From Joy Mech Fight. Okay. Now this is another Japan only game. Mm-hmm. Here's one of the big reasons that I think this is worth talking about is that Joy Mech Fight was Nintendo's first fighting game. Wow. Yeah. This this game came out for the NES. It was a one versus one 2D like Street Fighter style fighting mm. game. Okay. Basically, all the playable characters were robots, mm-hmm. right? And they all had sort of this. These designs were basically their their limbs were separated from their bodies, right? Like, oh, okay. Uh, like basically they're like Rayman robots, right? Okay, like right. their their head and their their hands and their legs are all separated from the main body, and they don't have any arms or legs. Mm-hmm. The main character was a cute little pink robot named Skapon, or if you spell it out, Sukapon. Okay. Right? The story of Joy McFight is basically just Mega Man. Okay. Right? Two scientists make a bunch of robots. Evil scientist steals all the robots to take over the world. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One robot was not designed as a weapon. Right. Uh, so was not stolen by the evil scientist. So the good scientist recruits the good robot, the harmless robot, and recruits them to fight the other robots and, and take their powers, actually. So in the Mega Man X franchise, when a uh, robot goes rogue, it's called a maverick, right? That's what you call kind of a robot that's been effect- infected by the Sigma virus. Right, yeah. And <laughs> when you mentioned the parallel to Mega Man, the first thing that I thought of is like the good scientist going, like, oh no, all of my robots have gone horse. <laughs> What? Because a maverick is a wild horse. (laughs) (laughs) I see. The evil scientist even looked kind of like Dr. Wily. Okay. I really liked their version of Mega Man because pink body with, like, pink little circles around the body. And then its head was just, like, a big, like, pink oval with two dots for the (laughs) eyes. And Scapon's deal was it was actually just designed as, like, a comedy robot. It's just designed to, like, go to parks and, like, amuse people. Okay. All of its moves are very, like, silly and slapsticky. That's cute. Uh, until, like, it takes the powers of the other robots and becomes, like, much more formidable. Okay. Uh, Scapone is also a, a she, ah. so it's a girl robot. And I think she is a very interesting piece of Nintendo history, being the first Nintendo fighting game protagonist. Right, I mean, how many how many fighting game franchises start off with a female fighting game protagonist? <laughs> yeah, that know? too. She doesn't look very feminine. Actually, I, I didn't realize that she was a female character until like I really looked into Joy Mac Fight today. Like, and I've looked into Joy Mac Fight a lot of times before, <laughs> and I missed that Scapon was a girl every time. It's obviously not like really pointed out or very important in the game. It's like that classic "What if Metroid was a girl" meme, <laughs> but about a robot. Yeah. I think Scapon has a lot of moveset potential. Mm-hmm. She could, she does the same thing as Mega Man, where she borrows moves from other robots, and I think she could use some of those moves in her repertoire. Right, you just kind Smash. of have like the entire fighting game roster of moves for her to pull from. That's cool. Yeah, exactly. I think they could do the thing where she, she just looks like the dumb mix of balls from her original <laughs> game, or Sakurai just redesigns her completely mm-hmm. and sort of like gives her the potential to 
get a reboot of the Joy Mac Fight franchise. That would be cool. Yeah, I think that'd be really dope. Because Joy Mac Fight has always been a really interesting game to me, and it'd be really neat to see represented and revived. So it boils down to me, the retro revival character between Takamaru, Mac Rider, and Scott Pon. Mm-hmm. I think they all have great things going for them. I think they have a lot of potential. And and whichever one of these I pick, I think it's practically just as likely that one of the other two could be in the game instead. Okay. I'm interested to hear, actually, Sean, which of those three you think is the most likely. I think out of those three, I really like Mock Rider's chances, I have to say. Yeah, um, that'd, that'd I, be dope, wouldn't it? I think that he's got a lot of cool moveset potential. I think that he could be a really neat redesign. And we're not really factoring popularity into this because it's kind of like the island of misfit toys yeah. of the Nintendo uh, franchise. So I would have to go with Mock Rider. Yeah, and I, I think I think popularity almost works against this kind of pick because Sakurai wants this pick to come out of nowhere. He wants to surprise people with this pick. Right. And I think that's one of the things working against Takamaru, actually, mm-hmm. in that he's become sort of a cult favorite, but not enough of a cult favorite to <laughs> actually get in. I see. So yeah, I think Mac Rider's a good pick. I'm going to go with Scott Pon. All right. And it's not that I have a lot of confidence in this choice, mm-hmm. but but the thing is that I think Takamaru, uh, Mac Rider, and Scott Pon all like have like the right elements. They'd all they'd all be surprising. But Takamaru and Mac Rider like both like make a lot of sense to me, right? Mm-hmm. And. Masahiro Sakurai does not always make sense. Boy, ain't that the truth. (laughs) (laughs) And I wish that you guys could see the sincerity with which Daniel just said that as though he was like, that was his E equals MC squared moment. (laughs) He was revealing a universal truth about the universe. (laughs) And it is very true. Like uh, that will go down in smash history as Daniel's constant. (laughs) When I predicted Duck Hunt Dog for Smash 4, I didn't think this guy's definitely going to be in. Right. I was like, oh man, on the 5% chance that Duck Hunt Dog <laughs> is in, I gotta guess this. Right. And my my gut is telling me something similar with Skapon. Okay. So Skapon is my guess, but Takamaru and Mac Rider are both like such good picks that I could see just as easily happening. Cool. So yeah, locking that in, Scott Pon. All right. As the Retro Revival rep. I like that pick. I think it's a bold gamble, and we will see whether or not it pays off in the end. Thank you. Yeah, mm-hmm. so, some of some of these picks got to be bold, because that's how Sakurai rolled. Yes, it's like Batman, the brave and the bold, but you're Batman. Thanks. <laughs> I, I can do better, Batman. Thanks. Thanks. Oh, no. Oh, Sean, help, help, I'm in the washing machine. <laughs> Oop, it's, 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 on, it's on the spin cycle. Help me, Sean, I'm Batman. That was beautiful. Yep, all right. So, <laughs> that is the pile of new characters I had to talk about. And what a pile it was. Yeah, we'll talk about some more when we get to listener mail for That's now. That's exciting. Um, yeah. yeah, so for now, let's talk about bosses. Okay. So there weren't any bosses that represented like retro callbacks, which I think is kind of a shame. Mm-hmm. I mean, a lot of those games just kind of, I don't want to say they predated bosses because that's not true, but like a boss didn't have to be in a game 
when a lot of those games were made. You know, like the core design tenant wasn't like, yeah, we got to stick a boss in this game. Yeah, and and yeah, to be fair, like a lot of the picks that I just pulled out, mm-hmm. like Stunt Race FX didn't have bosses in it. Right. And Muddy Mole's boss was a farmer, <laughs> right? That's not going to be a, a Smash Bros. <laughs> boss that you fight. Mac Ryder didn't really have a boss. Scott Pond just fought a bunch of robots. Right, exactly. Yeah. However... The Super Nintendo game, Battle Clash, mm-hmm. compatible with the Super Scope, actually the Super Scope was mandatory to play this game, ah. has a bunch of cool robot designs. And really, I think you could use any of those robots that you fight, that you shoot at, them just like showing up like an overwhelming a Smash Bros. stage. Cool. I for, like that idea. Fight on. Yeah. Do you have any retro boss ideas? I'm sorry, but no. Yeah, no, that's I, okay. That's okay. Uh, I just can't make the kind of deep cuts that you can in this episode. You're really tickled by my usage of that phrase. I've just been noticing it more and more lately, and I think it's a good phrase, but you, you just have you have this really kind of guttural and satisfying way of saying it. Like, every time you go, like, deep cut, it's like, <laughs> yes, Daniel, tell me about these deep cuts. <laughs> I know you... Uh, you... You you felt that way well, about now about you my... now you know I'm confessing my deepest darkest secret to you. You're the deep cut of your heart. Yes, <laughs> it cuts so deep. <laughs> All right, let's talk about the stages. <laughs> okay, that sounds good. So a lot of these retro rep stages are stages for the the retro reps for that game, right? right? Uh, so we start with the icicle mountain stage in melee, right? And this was the ice climber stage. Brought us that snazzy, jazzy Ice Climbers theme. Yeah. It was a stage that scrolled upwards, much like the game Ice Climber does when right. you play it. It was rendered in a in a contemporary style. Mm-hmm. Didn't really ever care much for the stage, actually. Yeah, like, it's it's fine. Yeah. But I wouldn't say that I was ever thrilled to wind up on it. Yeah, it wasn't ever, yeah, super fun to play. A stage that I did like mm-hmm. was the Summit stage... They added to Brawl. That's a good one. Yeah, that was the Ice Climber stage. And really, it barely had anything to do with the video game Ice Climbers. <laughs> Basically, you like you fought on top of the Ice Climbers mountain for a bit, and then the top would disconnect and like slide down the rest of the mountain and right. then end up in the water. And you'd be fighting in the water, and you'd see the Aurora Borealis in, in the background. No steamed ham jokes, John. I didn't say a goddamn no, thing. No, you just, you just gave me the biggest shit-eating grin I've ever seen in my life. And then I didn't say anything. <laughs> you interrupted yourself by referencing to that meme. <laughs> like you weren't going to jump in with a, oh, I really me. wasn't. <laughs> I don't believe you. I thought better of myself. <laughs> you, on the other hand, couldn't resist, you steamed ham fan. <laughs> Oh, I see. You turned this around on me. I'm not turning anything around. You turned around. You played yourself. Oh, uh, sure. Delightfully devilish, Sean. <laughs> anyway. Oh, uh, brother. Anyway, the 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 real North Pole phenomenon that has now been <laughs> ruined by a meme is in the background of this stage while right. you fight on it. Oh, one thing that's funny is we mentioned last episode that Nintendo doesn't really cross over two different franchises within a stage it actually did this in the summit stage okay if you're near the water for too long the balloon fight fish will jump up and eat you oh that's right yeah okay that was a nice little like melding of retro game elements and then eventually the tip of the mountain ends up back on top somehow and (laughs) and you fight that way I really liked that stage. It was it was fun. Like the the way the stage changed was neat. 
mm-hmm. music that was on that stage was good. I liked it. I liked the summit stage. You think it's coming back? Man, I would love it if it came back. Me too. And and I think it has potential to, since the Ice Climbers will come back. Mm-hmm. Cool. Well, um, I hope it does. Me too. Then in four, we had the Duck Hunt stage. I liked this stage. Yeah. it was Neat in stage. Yeah, it was in the 3DS and Wii U versions of Smash 4. It was sort of a replica of, of the game Duck Hunt. Like, it had that 8-bit aesthetic. Sometimes ducks would show up and get shot by by the gun, and then uh, the 8-bit version of the dog would, like, pick, right. the, pick things up. And, yeah, fun, neat, neat little stage, like, cool platforms that you could jump on trees and stuff, and... Mm-hmm. I think you'd even kind of like walk off the edge of the stage, like, like it sort of had the conceit that like this was happening on a television, and you could sort of walk off the edges. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Neat stage. I liked it. I'd be good if it came back. I'd be happy with that. Yeah, I'm down for that. Then we got two retro stages not represented by characters. Right. One on the 3DS, which was Balloon Fight, mm-hmm. uh, which was a neat stage. I liked it. It was basically just you know an 8-bit reenactment of. Of Balloon Fight, you know, it had those platforms, and it had the water on the side, and the fish would eat you in this one, too, and <laughs> I, yeah, I I thought that stage was solid. I Balloon Fight kind of makes a lot of sense as a Smash Bros. stage, so it's funny that they just replicated it for Smash 4 3DS, kind of the same way they, they replicated Mario Bros. Right, right. Yeah, I, I think it was a good fit. I liked it. Yeah, it's fine. You weren't into it, really? You know, I'm sick of Balloon Fight, which is kind of funny because I've never played Balloon Fight. <laughs> I've just been exposed to it a lot via Smash. Huh. I just, I don't know. Yeah, I, um, like, it's fine for me that it's there, but I'm kind of ambivalent about the whole Balloon Fight thing. Okay, gotcha. The Wii U version of Smash 4 had a Wrecking Crew stage. And this I'm not ambivalent about. I dig that stage. Is It's a neat stage, yeah. This one, like, has more contemporary visuals, but it acts a lot like Wrecking Crew. Mm-hmm. It's it's basically like a, a big old building where you can, like, sort of hit the the foundations of the building and make it fall down a lot. And it's got barrels and bombs and stuff. When I got the 3DS, I became a 3DS ambassador and I got a bunch of free NES and Game Boy Advance games just digitally on my 3DS. And one of those games was Wrecking Crew, and I played it for the first time, mm-hmm. and I got addicted to that game. Wrecking Crew was a lot of fun. Nice. So it was kind of cool to see a Wrecking Crew stage in Smash 4, and uh, and yeah, it was a neat neat callback. I liked it. Well, I'm glad that you got to have your dreams come true. I I don't know if I'd go that far. I would. All right. Let's talk about new stages. <laughs> so <laughs> I think one stage that doesn't deserve a character but would be a fun stage is an urban champion stage. Okay. Right? Like, sorry, before you continue, <clears throat> just for the viewers at home, for the listeners at home and also for me, could you uh, remind us of what urban champions is? Oh, sure. Urban champion, uh singular, yes, not yes. plural. Urban champion was his game for the NES. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Actually, it might be more accurate to say that this was Nintendo's first fighting game, but it was less of a traditional one. It took place on this street, mm-hmm. right? A person on the left side of the screen and a person on the right side of the screen met in the middle of a sidewalk and punch each other. Oh, I'm kind of remembering yeah. this now. Yep. Uh, you, can, you can sort of move your arms up and down, mm-hmm. right? Uh, and you try to hit your opponent either in the face or in the gut, whichever one they're not blocking. Okay. And when you hit them, they get knocked back a little bit. And your goal is to knock them to the end of the sidewalk so they fall down a manhole. <laughs> okay. Right? So the Urban Champion stage could take place on that street. 
right? You walk past the end of the sidewalk mm-hmm. and just walk off the stage if you want. But like on the left and right side of the stage, there's also manholes that you can oh, fall into. That's cute. And uh, and you know, there's the building in the center where someone will pop out and drop uh, potted plants out the window, like in the game. And yeah, I think that'd be a fun stage. Yeah, no, I like that. I like that conceptually. I think that'd be really neat. Yeah, me too. Do you have a a retro stage pick? No. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I like yours. Thanks, Sean. No problem. So let's move on to items. Let's do. So we got we got some items. So we're just talking about balloon fight. Mm-hmm. And our first item in melee was the flipper sort of thing with the two balls at the end on the sticks that sort of like spins around. <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, I'm laughing at something inappropriate that I'm imagining <laughs> because of your description. Yes, I know what you're actually referring yeah, to. Yeah, um, you, you bump into it and it spins around and it knocks you around. That was in Melee, mm-hmm. and actually it was such like an obtrusive item, and I think that's why it didn't come back after that. It wasn't right. in Brawler 4, so I don't think it'll be back in 5. That's fine. Here's a staple, though. Ever oh. since Melee, we have the lips stick. Oh, true. Yeah, the sort of wand that looks like a flower on the end. What it, is that from? That is from the game Panel de Pan. No wonder I had no idea what it was. Yeah, it's sort of a Japan-only game. Mm-hmm. It was localized for the States as Tetris Attack. Oh. Um, but all of the original characters got removed and replaced with Yoshi characters. Ah. Uh, the so, sort of uh, Kirby's Avalanche treatment. Yes. Uh-huh. In Panel de Pan, uh, the protagonist was a character named Lip, who was like a girl who like had that rod and she was like in sort of low, like a little flower themed dress and and she had like a ponytail I think. She had a pretty cool design. I think she was like a fairy. Okay. Yeah, she she was neat, but her her stick has been in melee since the beginning. Right. And it showed back up in brawl and it showed back up in floor and you hit someone with the stick, a little flower pops up above your head mm-hmm. and slowly adds to your percentage. Like it does damage to you. Right. I think it's a cool item. I think it'll be back in 5. I'm down for that. And introduced in Brawl was the Unira, hmm. the little urchin, the the blue spiky thing. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah, that's from Clue Clue Land. You okay. throw it on the ground, it puffs its spikes out. You can hit it to make it depuff. You can hit it again to make it puff again. Mm-hmm. And, you know, a uh, nice little obnoxious item. I think it's neat. Yeah. Those are all the retro items that are sort of unattached to any other franchise. Okay. You know, through through all these things, I haven't really thought of any... New items, you know, like like even if we saw one of these one of these characters that we discussed previously coming back, I think it'd be kind of hard to think of a new item from their game. Mac Joy McFly didn't really have items. Mac Ryder didn't really have items. If Mac Ryder doesn't get added as a character, it would be cool if his motorcycle was just an item. Yeah, you just kind of hop on. It could be kind of retro style, and you just ride around and knock people away. Yeah, that would be neat. That's I the agree. only thing I'm really coming up with offhand. Oh, and, and you know what? Muddy Mole felt kind of off as a playable character edition mm-hmm. because Muddy Mole is the perfect assist trophy. True. Actually, I, I almost want to just put my chips down on that, that Muddy Mole will be an assist trophy okay, in we're Smash 5. An assist trophy prediction. Yeah. So okay. let's move on to soundtrack. All right. Existing highlights. Smash, especially recently, has loved taking older games and giving their soundtracks remixes right the mac rider theme that 
could sometimes play on the big blue stage in Melee mm-hmm. was such a banger. <laughs> I love that theme. It's awesome. It's half the reason I want Mac Rider to be playable, and I feel like that's half the reason that Sakurai wanted Mac Rider to be playable. Nice. Yeah, that's an excellent theme. I think it should keep coming back. Uh, Lip's theme from Panel de Pan is actually like really catchy and fun. Okay. Uh, there's a cool remix of the Balloon Trip theme. Um, you know the boop 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 doop. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you got it. Yeah. Anyway, I lost the thread a little bit at the end there, but you guys get the idea. That had a good remix in Smash, and I liked it. Shin Onigashima had a really cool remix, too. Shin Onigashima's, like, actual music is very, like, mellow and, like, has, like, these sort of, like, you know, these Asian, like, motifs to it. Sure, that makes um, sense. <laughs> Shin Onigashima remixes it into a heavy metal song, and it's great. That's bitchin'. Yeah. As far as new tracks, it's funny, they've they've dipped into a lot of their otherwise untouched franchises for music. One thing I haven't really seen them touch is uh, one of their other Japan-only games... Famicom Tante Detective Club. The deepest cut. <laughs> Which is sort of this visual novel game okay. from the NES days, you know, uh, sort of a predecessor to stuff like Hotel Dusk. Okay. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, you're like solving a mystery, and the music for that, especially the music that like sort of plays before you start the game, has some groovy stuff going on, and it'd All be right. cool to see that updated and remixed. I don't know for what. Maybe maybe Phoenix Wright will be playable, and that can be on the Phoenix Wright stage. Please, Capcom. I'd... Please. <laughs> Spoilers for the third party episode. I don't think that's happening. But Please. I'd love it if it did. <laughs> I would love that. Yeah, I'm not predicting it or anything. Especially not <laughs> on this episode. We're not even talking about him. Yeah. <laughs> that is all the retro stuff that i wanted to unpack okay and boy was that a big suitcase of retro stuff oh oh yeah no like there's there is so much stuff you know there's so much stuff that sakurai could use i wouldn't be surprised if he pulled something out that i didn't even expect yeah there's a lot of stuff i think i think at the same time that he's already grabbed a lot of like the big juicy ones Mm -hmm. you know like duck hunt was such an iconic thing and now it's been used you know Kid, kid icarus was uh just sort of this underrated classic and now it's been used Mm -hmm. so i think i think we're getting stuff that's less obvious now right stuff that i think it's getting less and less easy to predict what sakurai will whip out next from that retro rep thing he's kind of having to reach further and further into the corners of the nintendo vault yeah exactly like i wonder if he'll just stop at some point like maybe he maybe there won't be a retro rep in this because it wasn't inspired enough by what he had to work with could be but that would be the most disappointing timeline, so I'm predicting <laughs> Scapon. Okay, fair enough. <laughs> anyway, uh, let's dig into some listener mail. We've got mail. Lil Fox Tato, uh, back frequent, again. Yeah, frequent writer in on Reddit says, "I would like to see a stage based on the NES classic main menu. <laughs> the players will fight in the foreground while the background shuffles through the NES classic games. That's actually really cute. When a game is picked, the stage will transform to match the game chosen for a temporary amount of time before reverting back to the main menu and cycle through the list of games and repeating the process. 
I love this stage idea. Me too. It's really, really neat. And it actually seems like the kind of thing that would show up in a Smash game for sure. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Like, we've had a Miiverse stage. We've had a PictoChat stage. Right. An NES Classic stage would be perfect. What a great idea. Yes. Thank you, Lil Fox Tato. Yeah. I hope you keep enjoying those Tatoes, you Lil Fox. <laughs> oh, you're going to love this one, Sean. Oh. I'm kidding. Oh. It's AC, balloon fighter. AC Corsola mm-hmm. on Reddit says, based Takamaru prediction, but on a serious note, <laughs> I really like the idea of balloon fighter becoming a playable character. Sakurai has toyed with the idea before, but wasn't sure how to make him work when his balloons pop. So he's been considered. Uh, he then goes on to actually come up with a pretty fun balloon fighter move set nice. that involves like balloon fighter, like pumping his balloons and like <laughs> popping them to uh, like, as like a move to like throw off the opponent. That's really cute. I uh, can materialize thunderclouds from balloon flight. Ah. Uh, he uses a flipper, you know, mm-hmm. the final smash is the fish. <laughs> that's a cool idea. And that's one of the characters I didn't mention that Sakurai did sort of almost put in melee but then changed his mind right i i think his thing was like what would he do when his balloons popped like that was his like little goofy thing that he said and ac here has uh has come to answer that question for us yeah i do think that ever since villager had the balloons Mm -hmm. it is not only wrecked tingle's chances of being in smash it is wrecked balloon fighters chances of being in smash right because that's just an overt reference to balloon fighter yeah exactly they they just end up feeling very similar in at least that way the way they would navigate do their aerial movement you know which is a big part of smash right having said that though a really cool idea ac corsola and uh thank you for writing in our reddit thread yeah thank you Totodile Lad on Reddit. What a great fucking username. Yeah, excellent. It, it just immediately conjures up like this boarding school and like a Totodile is dressed in like a boy's school uniform <laughs> and he's going to school. And they're like, oh, all right, who's this then? Oh, that's Totodile Lad. And he just like waves and smiles his Totodile smile. Anyway, tell me about Totodile Lad's idea, Daniel. <laughs> you painted a much more vivid picture in your head than I did when you when you heard that name. What can I say? I've got a vivid imagination. Anyway, Totodile Lad tackles this from an angle that I didn't. Ooh. Totodile Lad says, I consider N64 retro at this point. Hmm. So I'm going to go ahead and say that they're going to bring Ray Mark II as a newcomer and Custom Robo... We'll get a reveal for a revamp, much like Kid Icarus coming to Switch. Ah. A custom robo stage would incorporate the mechanic of shooting out your fighter from a dice launcher like in the games. <laughs> That's pretty cool. That's really cool. One thing, I think the N64 is old enough now that a retro rep could happen. Sure. But it's funny, there aren't a lot of franchises that started on the N64 and got left there. Right. Um. Even Even custom robo got a GameCube sequel, you know, it's, okay. uh, it even got a DS game not too long ago. Well, I think like 2009 at this point, Okay, that made it a bit recent for me, but I, getting a custom Robo revival on the Switch would be an amazing idea. Yes. And I could see something happening like, like custom Robo comes out early 2019 and then Sakurai adds Ray Mark whatever as a DLC character. That would be cool. Yeah. I would love something like that. You know what would be really cool? Mm. Custom Robo as a Nintendo Labo peripheral. Ooh. Oh, wow. Oh, man. Yeah. That. Ooh. <laughs> wow, that's that's complex. Yeah. 
Yeah. And then you could just have as a Smash character, like, cardboard ass custom robo. We'll, (laughs) we will talk about the Labo and what it could mean for Smash at a later date. Ooh. But, uh, but for now, cool idea, Totodile Lad. Yes, uh, thank you, Totodile Lad. Now run off to class and you're going to be late for Pokemon training. Oh, what a wee lad, that Totodile Lad. Holy shit. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Not an evil chicken <laughs> on Reddit. I, I knew it. I knew it. if you fucking lost it at Totodile Lad, I was going to say this. I was going to say not an uh, evil chicken and you would not be able to hold it together. Look, it's just immediately conjures up like, all right, this this is a stupid seg and feel free to. <laughs> oh, yeah. Totodile Lad wasn't a stupid. This is seg. even stupider, Daniel. Oh, my God. There's a character in Monkey Island named Murray. He's an evil talking skull. Yeah. And just when I read I not that. an evil chicken, I immediately thought of like an obviously evil chicken as a character in Monkey Island. <laughs> like, hey, what are you doing there? Not being evil. Bagok. <laughs> <laughs> oh man <laughs> so uh anyway tell me about not an evil chicken's idea not an evil chicken says my retro character of choice would probably be excite bike racer okay he was one of the characters considered for the role in melee i don't know if you would count though given that that franchise has seen a couple of entries over the years excite bike 64 on the 64 excite truck and excite box trick rally on the wii etc okay yay jordan actually also says uh, Excite Bike is the next black box NES character who will clinch it IMO, and it wouldn't be undeserved. Mac is a good pick, too. Thank you, yay, Jordan. You haven't <laughs> even listened to this episode yet. Uh, but as for the concept of a character who is always on their vehicle, Excite Bike does it a little better. Okay. And I do think these two have a good point in that between Excite Bike and Mac Rider, Excite Bike is probably more iconic. Yes. You know? That is certainly true. Um, I think depending on the reaction that Sakurai wants, if you reveal Excite Bike, people are like, oh, Excite Bike, mm-hmm. you know? If you uh, reveal Mac Rider, people will be like, Mac like, Rider. Oh, Mac Rider. Yeah. <laughs> you know, they'll be like, what's that? What's Mac Rider? But I think Sakurai likes both of those kind of reactions. Right. I think I still think that Mac Rider is more likely than Excite Bike, especially since Excite Bike has like this more recent relevance. Um, yeah. Although one thing that would be great is just an Excite Bike stage. Oh, that would be great. Yeah, that'd be cool. But thank you, Not an Evil Chicken, and yay, Jordan. Yay, Jordan! Sean, two of Sean's favorite new screen names that we read on this channel. I have so podcast. many. It's becoming quite a collection. Oh, boy. Tortodile lad, get back here. It's dangerous in the forest. This is becoming Harry Potter over time. <laughs> You've got to get the Philosopher's Stone, Tortodile lad. The stone... <laughs> sometimes you just gotta let Sean wear himself out sometimes that's the trick I'm already worn out you don't have to worry about that and finally Mitch E on Twitter says I want Stanley the Bugman from Donkey Kong 3 that was my favorite arcade game and his moveset could be pretty unique utilizing the bug sprayer and all the other things found in the game I think it would be pretty funny seeing Sakurai put him in the game as a surprise character okay. and <laughs> You, uh, you and I, Sean, actually talked about this in the Mario spinoffs episode. Mm-hmm. When we were talking about new Donkey Kong characters, I said, you know what I could see happening is instead of King K. Ruler Dixie Kong, right, Stanley, Stanley the, the Bugman Bug yep. shows up from Donkey Kong 3. And you know what? I <laughs> I said, 
I said Matt Ryder, Takamaru, and Scapon were the most likely. Mm-hmm. Uh, Stanley the Bugman, I think, is like on that tier. <laughs> <laughs> because Stanley the Bugman would be a hilarious surprise. It really, really would. That is very true. And I could... My concern was like, but would he just be a Donkey Kong character? It'd be weird that he would be a Donkey Kong rep. But I could see like him just getting like a bug sprayer icon that he just represents Donkey Kong 3 as its I'm, own thing. I'm down for that. Yeah. Thanks for the rad suggestion, my main man, Majee. Thank you, Mitch. Thank you for reminding me of Stanley the Bugman. I love Stanley the Bugman. Yes, you do. Uh, he should be an assist trophy, if nothing else. That, yes, definitely, for sure. Yeah. Okay, we've made it to the end. So, Whew. as we are now used to, I'll read off what we predicted so far in the Mario episode. Predicted Mario, Luigi, Peach, Bowser, Rosalina, Bowser Jr., Captain Toad, and Paper Mario. Mm-hmm. In the Mario spinoffs episode, Donkey Kong, Diddy Kong, Yoshi, and Wario. In the Zelda episode, Link, Zelda, Sheik, Ganondorf, Toon Link, and Urbosa. Sean predicted Midna instead I of Urbosa. Did. Uh, in the Kirby episode, Kirby, Meta Knight, King DDD, Bandana Waddle Dee. Sean predicted Marks instead. I did. Pit, Palutena, and Dark Pit. In the sci-fi episode, Captain Olimar, Ness, Lucas, Shulk, and Rex with Pira and Mithra. Right. In the McClouds episode, we had Fox, Falco, Wolf, and Captain Falcon. Sounds about right. In the rough housing episode, <laughs> we had Villager and Little Mac. Mm-hmm. No new playable characters there. And in retro picks, we have the Ice Climbers, Duck Hunt, and Scapon. Sean, are you officially locking in that Mac Rider prediction, or are you uh, are you riding the Scapon wave with me? You know what? In the interests of female robot representation, I'm hopping on the Scapon wave with you. Oh my god! I know. Wow. Well, all right. Yes. Glad to have you on this wave. Thanks. Let's surf. Radical. Tubular. Anyway, if you guys want to hang 10 with us after this podcast is over, Daniel, where can they find you? <laughs> so, I have two more podcasts now instead of just Jesus the one. Jesus Christ, they're multiplying. <laughs> As usual, I have Play This, a podcast where my co-host Max and I recommend games to each other and have in-depth discussions about them. In our episode that has been taking me uh, longer than expected to edit, and is not out yet, but will be out very soon, Max and I have played through Life is Strange, we have a really big discussion about that, and then at the end, we pick a game that is recommended by our listeners to play for the next podcast, and I won't spoil it here, but... It's a good one. It's a good game that we'll be playing. If you don't feel like listening to me talk about video games for one and a half to two hours maybe you'll feel like listening to me talk about them for five to ten minutes video game of the day is a new like little project that i'm doing every weekday in may just to see if i can every weekday i share a fun fact about what day it is then recommend or highlight a video game that has something to do with that fun fact or holiday we're recording this on may 9th and on May 9th, I did an episode about Piccolo Day, the, yes. the Dragon Ball Z holiday. I enjoyed that. I learned some fun facts about uh, the history of the Dragon Ball franchise that I did not know before. So yeah, if, if you want to check that out, it's a, it's, it's a short chunk of time, and it's fun to do 
but it's definitely a lot of work and I probably won't do it after May 31st is over. <laughs> That's fair. <laughs> but you get to hear more of uh, Sean's dope, excellent music uh, when you listen to Video Game of the Day. It's It's all composed by him, just behind my voice, and it's the fusion dance that I never knew I wanted so bad. Thank you, Daniel. If you're interested in finding me on the internet, first of all, as Daniel mentioned, I'm writing music for quite a few podcasts at this point. <laughs> um, I've done the theme music for this podcast. Yes. I have done all of the music for Video Game of the Day, and I've done like theme and incidental and ending music for Play This. Yes, all good. If you're interested in contacting me, either for music composition or voiceover purposes... Any business inquiries can be sent to seandanielfrancis at gmail.com. That's S as in Sam, E-A-N as in Nancy, Daniel Francis with an I, at gmail.com. If, on the other hand, you enjoy fun Let's Plays and things of that nature, my YouTube channel can be found by going to youtube.com and searching for R-E Chief. I am in the middle of an Undertale Let's Play right now. I've had to take a bit of a hiatus on that because I have been working an actual job, recording a podcast, editing another podcast, and writing music for other podcasts. <laughs> However, I do want to get back to that soon because I've been having a lot of fun with it and I've really enjoyed voicing the characters. So um, if you're interested in taking that journey with me, definitely check out my YouTube channel and you can see what I've done so far. All right. Next time on A Smashing Theory, we are getting real. <laughs> we are getting into it. Next time on A Smashing Theory, Third Parties Part 1. Oh, shit. Yeah. So this is obviously one that a lot of you have been pumped about, and we've been pumped about, too. Mm-hmm. We are splitting our third party discussion into three episodes. Next week, our first episode will focus on representatives from Sega and Konami. So if you have any ideas for characters, stages, items, music, etc. for either new additions from veteran franchises like Sonic or Metal Gear or new franchises from Sega and Konami that could be represented in Smash like Persona or Yu-Gi-Oh! <laughs> <laughs> the likeliest of inclusions. Yeah. Then tweet us at a smashing theory or send email to a smashing theory at gmail.com. Uh, we will look forward to hearing from you as we always do. Even if we don't feature your writing on our podcast, know that we read every single thing that you guys send us and we enjoy reading all of it. So absolutely send predictions our way. Uh, for our own amusement, if nothing else. <laughs> yes, I really love reading all your ideas, and you always come up with some really cool stuff that I didn't consider. So, thank you again. Absolutely. Uh, so, we'll see you next week. And in the meantime, I hope that you have a smashing time! <laughs> Did you like did you like poop as you said that? Nobody was close. <laughs> Goodbye. Goodbye. <everybody. laughs>